Well, we're going to start a new series today, and we have none other than none other than none other than <laughs> Michael Hansen sharing wow. this morning. Wow! Man, that's like pressure. Uh, well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. Guten Morgen, Zusammen. I've been trying to pick up some German. I don't know why. I think that's just a great language. You sound smarter, don't you think, when you speak German? Okay, that's not part of the message, but this is, like Danny was saying, uh, you can see on the screens, I get to kick off a new, uh, a new series today, and I don't know about you, but as if the year is not going uh, too quickly already, this series is going to take us like into September, and uh, so it feels like uh, Christmas is almost here, but um, we're going to be looking at the lives of three really important men uh, from the Old Testament. As you can see, it, you know, the, it's called the Patriarch Series, and a patriarch is a, a male head of a family uh, uh, or a head of a, of a tribal uh, line, and, and, and I'm sure right already you know where I'm going with this, but these three men are uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and these three guys represent the first uh, three generations of God's chosen people, the people of Israel, the, the Jewish nation, and just to think, I mean, we don't know what the population of the earth was, but we know there were, there were different uh, people groups on the planet and that God, you know, God looked down and he chose this line, this family line for, for his chosen people. And all through the, like the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, we see over and over that these guys' lives, that we're constantly referring back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that, that, that their lives, the way that they walked with God, the way that these men, you know, worked through just struggles and challenges in life, that they're held up as an example for us. So, you know, through the Bible, there's just story after story, you know, passed on from generation to generation, pointing back to, to the patriarchs, to these, to these three men. And, you know, one of the things that I, <clears throat> I've always loved, I know as a, as a kid, but even now, as an older kid, as, a, as an adult, I, I love when my parents tell uh, family stories, right? When they tell stories from their youth or even going back to, I mean, my, uh, my, most of my relatives are still over in, in Denmark, and so I don't know a lot of my relatives, and uh, maybe there's an issue there now that I think about it, but, but, uh, but I've heard stories about, you know, great-grandparents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and all these crazy things, and I remember uh, my parents grew up in Denmark during the Second World War, and they just have, you know, really crazy stories of that season of their lives, stories of when they went to school and um, when they emigrated to Canada and, 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 uh, and they got married over in Canada and uh, stories of raising a family, business, I mean, all this stuff of life. But one of the things I really enjoy, especially now is that I've gotten older, is when, when they open up and share the story of their faith of how God, you know, intersected their life, how he became real to them. And, you know, where they, I, I love when I get to hear stories where I hear their successes, where, you know, things have gone well, but I really, really appreciate when I hear the stories of, of their failures, of the hard times, of the confusing times, when, when, when you know, just when, when life didn't make sense. And um, as I get older, I'm increasingly aware that I'm standing on someone's shoulders, right? That, that, that who I am today is greatly impacted by those that have gone before me. 
and, and, and greatly impacted by, by the choices they made, by the decisions they made, especially the choices they made in regards to God. You know, either their obedience or their, or their, or their disobedience. And one of the reasons why this series is going to be uh, super helpful for us is that we're going to get to look at the lives of these, of these three men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're going we're gonna to get to look at... Uh, you know, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of their lives. Just the raw humanity of, of walking with God. And aren't you glad? I mean, to be honest, I wish, I wish uh, the writer of Genesis would, gave us more detail. You know, because sometimes they just, you know, and we'll see that even today, they just seem to jump through these massive things, but, but they do open it up a fair amount. And so as we go through this series... We're going to get to look at just the, the humanity, the successes and failures of these, of these men. And today, to kick the series off, I'm going to start off by looking at, uh, in your Bible, what's called, uh, in Genesis 12, it's called the call of Abram. And if you know, if you know the story, later on in his life, uh, God changes his name to Abraham. And even further on, a lesser known fact that they change his name to the patriarch formerly known as Abram. Just trying to connect with the youth. But, <laughs> but here, here's the thing that, that I really want us to grab onto as we, as we kick this series, this series off. That what got this whole thing started, and I don't just mean this series, but got this whole, these generations, this family, this, the chosen people of God. What got the whole thing started was God came to one man, Abram, and basically said, you know, intersected his life and said, hey, Abe. I want you to come follow me. I've got a plan for you. You've got to take my hand and I want to show you what my plan's for you. And my prayer, not just for today, but for this entire series, is that each one of us, as we go through this series, would, would hear, would sense, would just feel like a tug from God saying, you, you, I want you to come follow me because I've got a plan for you. There's something in this series, in this you know, season, that I want to do in your life. And one of the verses that I come back to over and over, and we don't have a slide for it, so relax, Laurie, is Philippians 1, verse 6, where Paul says, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And that's, what, that's my hope, that's my prayer for this series, that, that you're gonna, there's going to be a very personal call from God saying, hey, son, hey, daughter, you know, Come follow me. There's something new. I want to. I want to work in. I want to work out of, of your life. So, so uh, let's pray, and then we'll jump into Genesis. So, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, just your presence here, Lord. I thank you even this morning as Pam was leading. I just love just those times of just of just quiet and listening and waiting on you and just resting in you. I thank you that all that we sang and all that was shared you know, during worship, that, that it's all true about you. That you really are our loving Father. And that, that uh, there need, uh, nothing needs to separate us from you. Lord, there's nothing, there's no sin, there's no mistake, there's no failure that needs to get in the way this morning. And I pray today as we, as we kick off this series that you would, uh, you would just come close Lord, you know us. You know uh, the work that you're doing right now in our lives. And I pray that you would, uh, you would just continue that today. We just welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Okay, uh, Bible's at the front and also at the back. If you don't have a Bible, feel free to grab one, but turn in your Bible or uh, in your smartphone to Genesis 12, first book of the Bible. And uh, we're just going to really today just touch on a little bit of this chapter, but we're starting in verse 1, and here's what it says. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So we're going to stop there. Now, uh, uh, it's really important as we get into this, and even today we're looking at the call of Abram, that we don't, uh, we don't kind of write off his call as, 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 a, as a special call. Like, like he, here's what I mean. That, that, you know, if I had a couple on stage right now, let's just say Joe and Sally, and we were going to pray for Joe and Sally today because they are answering the call of God to go to, you know, Bangladesh. That's what comes to my mind first. Bangladesh as missionaries. So they're going to leave all the comforts of home and, and they're going overseas to follow the call of God. We would look at them and wouldn't you agree with me that we would say, oh, Joe and Sally, they have a special call, right? And I'm sure for many of you, you'd be looking at Joe and Sally and you'd be, you'd be just processing what they're doing and you, you would quietly be thanking God that he's not sending you. It's like, oh Lord, send them, not me. They can go. But here's the thing. Remember, in, in, in Abram's culture, it's very different from our culture, that, that like in our culture, when you get married, what do you do? Well, the, hopefully, or the plan is that you get married and you move away from your, your parents. You move away and you go get your own place and you establish your own home and stuff. Well, for Abram and his family, especially as a, as a, a nomadic, like a traveling uh, 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 people group, that they... I mean, when you get married, that, that your wife, they, she just joins the family. And you would have generations living in the same home. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. That, that's the family unit is so much more connected than it is in our culture. So when God goes, hey, Abram, you know, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your people. I want you to leave your father's household. He's, he's calling him away from, from the familiar from what's, you know, what's, the, what's comfortable, what's known to him. He's calling him away from the, from the cultural uh, uh, norm. And, and here's where it's so important for us when we look at Abram's call that we need to embrace that call, his call. We need to embrace it as our own call. And what I mean is this. All followers of Jesus, we all have this in common. That this, in this call of God that we all leave something behind in order to grab hold of God's call, of God's plan for our lives. Luke uh, chapter 9 says this, verse 23. It says, uh, and this is Jesus speaking. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? So if you're going to follow Jesus, it's, there's going there's to have to be, for you to continue following, there's going to have to be, and not really, it's not just one letting go, it's many letting goes in order to grab on to what, what he has for us, for his plans. And that's common to all of us, but what it's going to look like what we let go of, what we grab hold to. That's going to be, look very different uh, for, each, for each person. So God's call to Abram is basically, Abe, Abe, you know, 
I'm calling you away from the familiar. I'm calling you away from like what in your culture is just what everybody does. I'm calling you over here, and you're going to have to let go of that in order to grab onto this. But, but I'm calling you out of that because I have a plan for you. I have something different. That's not totally who you are. Let me show you who you are. And, and for many of us, what I'm, what I'm not saying today is that God's call is... Uh, uh, you know, you need to pack up and move away from your family. Now, for some of you, you may, you may be disappointed at that, at that point. You're going, man, I was hoping uh, to move away from my family. But, but, but again, God's call, it's going to look different for each one of us. But it's, there's always going to be a letting go in order to embrace what he, what he has for us. And sometimes, sometimes it'll make sense. But, but most times, it won't make sense. You know, I remember back... Um, I guess I would have been in my early 20s. I worked at a company back in Canada, and, and uh, uh, we made ice. No, we didn't. It was a, okay. But we, we had this company back uh, that I was working for, and they offered me an apprenticeship. And uh, it, was a really, it was a really good job. It was, a, you know, it was working for the government, working in quotations. I would show up at least at the place of work. But it was uh, uh, good money, uh, uh, you know, a very secure career, and as, as Helen and I were looking at that and trying to process it, what I realized was, uh, in order for me to say yes to that, to grab onto that, I would have to let go of, of the ministry. I was volunteering at a church as a worship leader, and it would have meant moving away and, and you know, letting go of that. So as we prayed about it, it looked so good, but as we prayed about it, we, we felt like the Lord clearly said, no, that's not what I have for you. Now, looking back, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. I mean, that job, I mean, I think of that job and I go, oh, thank you, Lord. I mean, I would not have lasted in that job. And I look at where we are today and I go, oh, man, boy, you know, that, it makes total sense now. But at the time, when, you know, it's sort of like you'll pry my, what's that cold, dead finger? Like, it's like that, uh, you know what I mean, Charlton Heston, in case you're wondering what he, But it was like, to me, to say yes to God, to let go of that, I, I was letting go of financial stability, it's, you know, it's letting go of, of career status in order to say yes to what God had for us. And here's the thing. You know, I quoted that scripture out of Philippians. That there's this work that God is doing in our lives this, 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 uh, you know, that, that's going to go on till the day we die. And a big part of that work is this constantly him coming to us like a father saying, No, no, I want you to let go of that. No, that, no, I know you like that. <laughs> But, but if you keep holding on to that, it's going to hurt you. Or it could be, no, you know, that looks really good, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I want you to let go of it, because you know what? That's a distraction to what I really, what I, what I really have for you. You know, I think of, remember the missionary uh, uh, Jim Elliott? And if you've never read up on Jim Elliott, I encourage you, uh, just Google Jim Elliott. He's an amazing man. He was a missionary who, talking about letting go, he let go of, of it all. This man died a, a martyr's death on the mission field. And listen to this quote. This is a famous quote. He says, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And here's the thing. When I look at Abram's call, Again, I wish there would have been more details. There would, that there would have been more details of, the, of the, you know, this conversation that he had with God. Because 
you know, at some point, I'm sure it came down to God looking at Abram. He's holding his hand out to him saying, come follow me. And he's saying, and really what it comes down to is, Abe, do you trust me? Do you trust me that I really know what's best for you? I mean, isn't that the same for us? Do, do I trust the Lord that he really knows what's best for me? That, that do, I, do I trust, do I believe him that when he says that if you want to save your life, if you're just going to hold on to it and not let go, that you're actually going to lose it? Like, do I really believe that, that if I let go everything and just say, you can have whatever you want, just lead the way? Do I really believe that if I do that, I'm actually going to find life? But do, do, you, do you trust me? Well, so God is calling Abraham away from the, from the familiar, but, but look at what he's, what he's calling him to. We're still in verse 1. When he says, go from your country, your people, and your father's household, and listen to what he's calling him to, to the land I will show you. And it's like, hey, Abe, load up the camels and just start driving. And it would be like, remember that, what's that TV show, um, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, Shark Tank? Is it called Shark Tank? You know what I mean? You know, everyone knows what I'm talking about? Where these people make pitches before these millionaires to try to get their money for investment. Could you imagine God coming in? I'm, you know, I'm not sure what he would be wearing, but it would be nice. But if he, if he has a, you know, a, a table and he's got a picture of a field, of just a, a field, and he's looking at these, you know, these rich guys, and he's going, okay, here, I want you to invest all your money in this field. And they're like, and they're like what are you talking about? There's nothing there. Oh, oh, but there will be. There will be. I'll show, you, I'll show you that later. And they're like, you're crazy. You want us to invest in something that, that we can't see yet? Right? It's interesting that the, the, the Hebrew word that's, yo, that's used when it says, I will show you, the word show is a word uh, raw, and the word means to see, to become visible. Right, it's like, I can just imagine Abram going, so let me get this straight. You want me to leave and just start going, not knowing the destination? I mean, or, or let's talk investing language. You want me to invest everything and just trust you that, that it's going to be worth it? Or that there's going to actually be something at the end of this? You know, I remember... Uh, Years ago, Helen and I, we were at a movie, and, and I do not recommend the movie, but it, uh, it was a Harrison Ford movie. It was a remake of The Fugitive. And this is, I don't know when this is in the 90s or a long time ago. But it's a really, uh, really intense thriller movie. And we, when we walked into the theater, we looked, and I saw, you know, a few rows up, there was an old, a friend of ours. And I, and I went up to say hi to him, and I was talking before the movie started, and, and he said, oh, you're, you're really going to like this movie. This is a good movie. And I thought, oh, well, that's good, you know, just paid some money. But I went and sat down uh, with Helen, and, and the movie started. And, and if you remember the movie, it, it does. It, like, it hits the ground running, and it's just super intense. And my wife really gets into movies. And so we're sitting there, and my arm's on the, you know, the little armrest. And I'm not joking. She is, like, not drawing blood, but she is grabbing my arm, just, ooh, just the, you know, the intensity of this movie. And all of a sudden, she, and this is like, I don't know, not even 10 minutes into the movie, she looks at me, or she lovingly whispers to me, go ask Blaine how the movie ends. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I mean, I'm Canadian. I don't, I don't want to get embarrassed. I said, I'm not going up there to ask him. And she's like, you know, in that, I, I mean, I couldn't see her eyes, but I could feel the heat. It's like, go, go ask Blaine how the movie ends. And so I sort of walked down the aisle. I didn't want to, you know, you know, Planet of the Apes. But no, I walked down the aisle and I go up and go, hey, Blaine. And he, you know, he sort of moves over and I said, Helen wants to know, does the movie have a good ending? Well, isn't that what it's like for us? Like we're, you know, it's like, uh, it's like well, well, go ask him. If I say no to this apprenticeship, if I say no to this dream job and all this money and its status, is it going to be worth it? Go, like, go ask him, like, should I, st- you know, I mean, just, I mean, there's so, there's so much going on in this room in all of our lives. And I guarantee there are areas where, where you're, you're not sure you want to take that next step. Because you're, you're looking at him going, well, I don't know if I want to invest. I don't know if I want to follow you. Because, you know, I don't know where this is going. And, you know, one of the crazy things about following God, about following Jesus, and I don't think a day goes by that I don't think about this and, and think this is crazy, is that if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to learn to walk by faith. You're going to have to learn to look at a, just a picture of a field and go, I'm in. You, 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 and I think of our Western culture where we are control freaks, we're like, oh, you know, we're lining all our, got all our figures, all our, you know, all our data, and we're getting it, oh, and we're trying to, because we want to make the perfect decision every time. And that's just buying cereal. You know what I mean? Let alone, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, now that I think about it, that's a little, oh, I'm reading. But, but we're, but we are, it's like Western logic, common sense. Well, I, I promise you, that if you're going to follow Jesus over, not just once, but over and over and over and over, he's going to say, no, I want you to go, I want you to go this way. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, for all the struggles, all the challenges, all the all the frustrations and disappointments, let's be honest, of walking by faith, right? Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Now, look, and here's, here's the rub. So we fix our eyes on, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And you know, as we go through this series... What we're going to see over and over and over in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, in their lives and in their walking with God is we're going to see these people that are constantly struggling to, to live in the gap. And I mean that, that space of time between the promise and the fulfillment. It's that gap. And my hunch is at some level we're all living in a gap today. And it's, it's in the gap where we, where we exercise our faith. You know, it's just 
believing for the promise, believing that that promise will one day be fulfilled. So, so what did God promise Abram? Let's, let's move on here. We're already on verse 2. It says this. God says to Abram, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now I'm just going to briefly touch on this because uh, this whole, you know, the covenant, etc. It's going to be rolled out more as the series continues. But, you know, I look at that first promise. Hey, Abram. I, I will make you into a great nation. If you know the story of, of Abram, I'm sure when he heard that he thought, uh, really? Me? Like, are you sure you've got the right guy? Because if you know the story, back in chapter 11, when the writer of, of Genesis is, uh, is introducing us to Abram's family, his father, you know, and some of the relatives, and, and introduces us to his wife, Sarah, the, the writer throws this one verse in, and it's Hebrews 11, verse 30. It says, oh, by the way, now Sarah was childless because she was not able to conceive. I mean, talk about living in the gap. Right? What's the first promise? I will make you into a great nation. And I, I could just see Abram going, you got the wrong guy. Like, we can't get pregnant. Like, what? I mean, talk about a gap. But don't you find, and here's this whole thing of living by faith, is that I remember I, heard a, I read a book, I think it was by a guy named Henry Blackab- Blackaby. Is that his name? But he, I remember there was a quote, really all I remember from the book, it had a cool cover, but I remember in the, in the book it said, if, if the call that, if you, if, if, if this is what you believe the call is for your life, and you know, and, and that can, through your life, the different calls, that, that if, it, if it isn't impossible, then it probably isn't God. And that sounds great in theory, but we, we really don't want that. I want to be able to, I want to be able to look at it and go, oh yeah, I can do this. Phew, great. But the reality is God is constantly calling us into the impossible, because why? Because it brings, it, it puts the glory on him. Because it, it lets him flex, flex his muscle. So I'm going to make you a great nation. And God goes on and say, I will bless you, Abram. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And here's that phrase where God says, you know, you, you will be a blessing. In other translations, it says it differently. It says, Ab- it says Abram, uh, you will be seen as blessed. And, you know, God's basically saying to, <clears throat> to Abram, he's saying, you know what, Abram, here's the deal. Uh, I want to, I want to, I'm choosing you, and I want to lift you up for all the world to see, for generations to say, look at, look at, look at a man who is walking by faith. Look at a man who's saying yes when it's impossible, but he's saying, I want to lift you up, and I want the world, I want, I want to show the world that this is a man. This is what being blessed looks like. Right? But it's his doing. It's God saying, I want to do this for you. And, and if you remember back in chapter 11, uh, there's this, you know, it's, it's kind of, a, well, I think it's a weird story. You know, we've got, we've just come past Noah. God just wiped out all of humanity. And, you know, there's Noah's families left over. And we have Noah's, uh, his kids and all their descendants. And, and we don't totally know, I mean, the numbers. But we know that quickly again, uh, humanity was in rebellion to God. And, and, uh, but in, the, in chapter 11, there's a, there's a story called, uh, of the Tower of Babel, right? You probably remember that story, where all these people gather together uh, in, this, in, this, you know, in, this, in this plain. And this is what it says in Genesis 11. It, all these people. It says, Then they said, 
Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. And that was their plan. We're going we're gonna to build a tower and we're going to make a name for ourselves. And God, if you know the story, God wasn't really impressed by their hubris. You can look that up. That's a great word. But he wasn't really impressed by their, their arrogance. He wasn't impressed by their self-dependence. Right? Because here's the thing. What impresses God is not our great accomplishments. What impresses God is our obedience to, to his call. It's what, what impresses God, and what he was saying to Abram is he's saying, look, I will make you a great nation. I will, will make your name great. I will bless you, know, you and your descendants. I will do it, and all I require from you is will you take the next step, Abram? Will you take my hand and follow me? That's, 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 what I, that's what I require of you. And so, and so God says, I will bless you. You know, you're going to be under my care. You're going to be under my protection. Whoever blesses you is good with me. I will bless them. Whoever, whoever curses you, they're messing with Papa Bear now. I will deal with them. Uh, Abram, come follow me, and in return I will bless not only you, I will bless not only your descendants, but I'm going to bless the entire world through you. And of course... He's pointing to Jesus because this is the family line that Jesus comes through. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob goes all the way down and says, Jesus, the son of Joseph. That the savior of the world, the savior of not just the Jews, not just Abram's descendants, the savior of everybody is going to come through this family line. And, and here's the thing. Think about this, that, that this whole thing, this whole plan of God to rescue and bless all of humanity, it all got started with God coming to one man and then one man making a choice. Will you follow me, Abram? And, and here's the thing. Have you ever considered in your life, have you ever considered the ripple effect of the choices you make in your life? Have you ever considered... Uh, you know, that, that the impact, that, that it's like when I, when I look at Abram, and again, we don't know all the details, but I try to imagine the whole thing, that I, I, I really don't think, as God was speaking to Abram, I really don't think Ab, Abram totally understood God's call and God's plan. I just, you know, just the enormity of it and just how awesome it was. I just, I don't think he clued into that. But what I think was really clear to him was, okay, this supernatural being has revealed himself to me and he said I want you to pack up the camels and move I think that part was very clear to him his his next step and 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 how does he respond to that call Genesis 12 4 I mean again I wish it was there were more details it just says so Abram went as the Lord had told him now here's the thing that one step of faith that one step of obedience put into motion this, the entire, this, this, this massive global rescuing plan of God. It was that one decision that this, that this man made. So let me ask you again, have you, have you considered the choices you make in your life? 
Have you considered what, you know, our obedience, our disobedience, have you considered what's put in motion as we are making choices and decisions in life? And you know, one of the things that I love about God and, and, and just in our relationship with him and how he deals with us is that over and over and over and in so many different ways, he is incredibly, uh, well, really ridiculously generous with us. And, and here's what I mean. Back in the book uh, of Exodus, remember when, when uh, Moses is he's up on the mountain and God is, is you know, downloading the Ten Commandments to, to him and, 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 I, and I believe it's the second commandment and basically it's, you know, don't, God's saying, don't bow down to idols, don't worship other idols, don't, I mean, basically, don't give yourself to anything or anyone but me. And, and, and he makes that commandment, and then listen to the promise God makes. Exodus 20, verse 5 says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, like, isn't that ridiculously generous? That God would say, okay, yeah, you mess up. And again, I'm not sure I totally understand what he's saying there, but when I look at the numbers, I'm going, I like my odds. I like these numbers. Because, yeah, third or fourth generation, uh, but I'm going to bless. You know, your obedience will bless a thousand generations. Have you considered, and it's not just like, and I'm not just talking in our family lines. I'm just talking in humanity. The choices we make in, in, in our obedience to God. That Have you ever considered that you, that you and the choices you make can bless a thousand generations? I mean, that, that is that is awesome. That's awesome. You know, I remember back in the, um, this would have been in the uh, late 70s, uh, my parents felt that God had called them to go to the mission field and uh, to go to Papua New Guinea, just north of Australia. And, and that call, it would have meant, uh, you know, moving away from all the comforts. It would have meant... Uh, uh, three, three of my older siblings stayed home in Canada, and myself, one brother and sister, we went to New Guinea. But, it, you know, it meant leaving friends and family behind, a, a very successful business. And, uh, um, but I want to read to you uh, this morning, I want to read uh, just some snippets from, on, on my desk I have a newspaper article, a, a, a copy from the little town I grew up in, in British Columbia, it's, it's from the Shushwap Weekly, this uh, little newspaper. But there's a, re- there's a report from the commissioning service in our little church that they had for our family when we were sent out to, to Papua New Guinea. So here's some little excerpts. It says this. At the tail end of an era such as ours, the 70s, called by some the age of narcissism, the decision of Ted and Inger Hansen to break all familiar ties and go out to New Guinea to missionary work comes as a revelation of faith and courage. Pastor Don Anderson confirmed this by stating in his opening remarks that to the world, Ted is crazy. But within the confines of true belief and dedication, Ted and Inger are simply meeting a greater challenge 
a living proof to all their friends gathered in love and admiration that they are answering a call to duty which will separate them from a community they have lived in for 25 years. Ted, in his address to his friends, said that to Inger and himself, it was an adventure. Ted went on to say that leading the Christian life is not, as some people think, dull, but rather an exciting, challenging way of life where there is never a dull moment. Now, uh, it actually goes on after that to talk about snakes and crocodiles and cannibals, and, uh, which wasn't really true, but uh, it, it sold some papers. But, uh, but here's, here's the thing, is I'm, I'm one generation away from, from that decision. From, I'm, I'm one generation away from that yes to that call of God. And you know what? I don't think a day goes by that I don't realize that my life, my family, my relationship with God is blessed because of that one yes to him. Because you know what? Not too many years ago, God spoke to Helen and I said, I want you to pack up and move. And I want you to leave what's familiar to you. I want you to leave your family, your friends. I want you to go to this, this country called America. And to a place called Ohio, wherever that was. But you know what? Faced with that decision, and there, you know, there was lots of prayer, but let me, in all honesty, it was a no-brainer. Because my parents, yes, had plowed that path already. It actually was pretty easy to say yes to that. Now, have you considered that, that your, uh, your yes and again, it's not just, in, don't just think family. I mean, if you, you know, whether you have kids or don't have kids or whatever, that just your yes to God can bless future generations. Um, you know, and, and here's the thing, and what I realize, even as I look out at you, okay, I highly doubt that, you know, I would say the majority of this room is not called to pack up and move to Papua New Guinea. You know, if that, if that registers with you, well, go for it. It's a, it's a great adventure. But... But then the question is, well, God, what, what are you saying to me, to you? What are you calling me to today? And my hunch is, you know, it could be, it could be something as simple as, well, I'm, I'm calling you to go to your neighbor. I'm calling you to, to go to that family member. Why don't you go, let's go work on that relationship. And, and I, and I want to make, I want to heal that relationship. It could be, you know what, I want you to befriend that guy or that gal at work or at school. Uh, it could be, you know what, I just want you to loosen off your stranglehold on your time, on your money, on, on your plans, on your career. And all. I just want you to let go of that so that you can grab my hand. And, and come follow me. And you know what? Just thinking of what my dad said about the Christian life. If you're, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus and you, if you're like, yeah, I, I think it is pretty dull. You know what? I, I want to ask you just to consider this. Could it be that maybe you're really not following him? And what I mean is you believe in him and there's lots about Jesus that you like. But in your life, you're constantly trying to drag him into your plans. And he's standing over here and he's going, son, daughter, that's not what I have for you. This is what I have for you. So as we, as we you know, kick off this series, 
uh, just like Abram, I believe that, that today, for many of us, but I, I, my prayer and, I, and my guarantee is that as we go through this series, God is going to come to each one of us, and he knows how to get your attention. He's going to come to each one of us, and there's going to there's there's be an area in your life. There's an area that he's working on in your life that he's going to be holding out his hand. He's going to be saying, will you come follow me? So here's, here's how we want to end off today. Uh, uh, earlier this week, I got an email from Gabrielle Hudson. And she said, hey, I really think I have a word for this weekend. And when I read her word, and she didn't, she didn't know uh, what I was going to be talking about. When, when I read her word, I thought, I don't even need to prep a sermon. <laughs> I mean, this is like, this is amazing. I'll just get her to read her word. But I, could you come on up, Gabrielle? I, I just want her to read this to you and just hear, I mean, this is not a coincidence, but I want you to hear this word from the Lord, and then afterwards we'll, we'll have a chance to respond. Okay, this word starts with a passage out of Jeremiah, and it says, this is what the Lord says, cursed is the man who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity, even when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. And then this is the word that God gave me for the church. Changes, many changes are coming across the land. The day is coming and really has already come upon you. No longer shall a man consider his own desires, his own will, and his own need. But you are to consider my desires, my will, and I will meet your needs. No longer shall your eyes be drawn to the ways and means of man, but your eyes shall be drawn to me, to my ways and to my means. No longer shall you follow the mind of man, the thinking of man, for I have given you the mind of Christ. Think my way. No longer shall you set your heart on that which is seen, that which is temporary will pass away, but set your heart on that which is unseen, on that which is eternal. No longer shall you walk by sight, by all that is around you, but you shall walk by faith in all that is within you. No longer shall you live for yourselves, each to his own bent and direction, but you shall live for me. All eyes and hearts and minds turn to me. All my people standing at ready attention to me. Those who seek my face and do my will will stand. All else will fail and fall. Hmm. Thanks, Gabrielle. <clears throat> You know, as I, listen, as I listen to that, I go, wow, that's great in theory. But the invitation from God is, that means it's gonna, you're going to have to let go. Where you're trusting in this or that, or it's going to mean a letting go to say yes to him. And so here's how we're going to end off. Uh, Pam, worship team, if you want to come on up. Here's the sense I had, is that for many of us today, uh, I believe it's out of Isaiah, but basically, you know, when, when the Lord says, come, let's reason together. 
right? I believe for many of us today, why don't we stand up? I believe for many of us today, God is saying, son, daughter, let's go for a walk. Let's talk about your life. Let's talk about where you're going, what you're doing. And, and, and he, wants to, he wants to have a dialogue with us. I, I felt that for some of us today, God was calling us out of the brokenness of our families. And he was saying, you know what, that's not who you are. You know, take my hand, come follow me. I want to show you who you are. And, and I want, you know, and I want to show you that you've been adopted into my family now. I, I want to heal and restore what, what was taken from you. If that registers with you, I, we, we would love to pray for you this morning. I felt uh, really clearly this week, and, and uh, if there's any high schoolers here, I see some if you're in high school or college, I felt like the Lord had a very specific word for you, and it was basically, I know what your parents believe, but, but what about you? What do you believe? And that, that God is calling you in this season. I want you to come follow me. So uh, Pam's going to lead us in a song. I just want to encourage you to respond to the Lord. If he's been touching your heart and stirring things up, just come forward and let someone, let someone bless you. And you remember the five-step prayer model we learned recently? Just don't, not a lot of dialogue, but let's qu- quickly get to prayer and, and inviting the Holy Spirit. So just come forward uh, and get prayer. Respond to the Lord. And as people come, guys, pray for guys, gals for gals. But you can come on up. Folks, come forward. Let's make sure everyone who's up here has someone praying for them. We need a number of prayers.
That's our, that's our prayer today is that you would, you would take the lead, you would take charge, you would take our hearts, our minds, our lives, Lord, and, and uh, you would lead us. And I pray, I pray that you wouldn't let us just sort of leave today and just sort of get back into the routine. I pray that you would, uh, I think for many of us, you would just keep that question going through our minds of do we trust you? Do we really believe you know what's best for us? Lord, and I pray that you wouldn't, that you wouldn't let us uh, avoid that question in any way this week, but it would just be something that we could, whether it's as we commute to work or whenever we just have time, just to talk through with you, just to be honest with you and let you into those places of disappointment and distrust. But I thank you that you are faithful to finish the work you've started in all of us. Just like Abram, Lord, that you, you had a very clear plan for his life. Lord, and I thank you that you have a plan for ours. And I just pray, I pray you'd strengthen our faith, strengthen our yes to you. Just thanks for today, thanks for your presence, thanks for all the ways that you've spoken and come close to us. And, uh, we just we thank you for the privilege of being your children. In Jesus' name, amen.